Stay inspired on the go with Springboard Zone, an inspirational podcast from internationally acclaimed executive coaches, authors and ministers, Albert and Comfort Okran. You will be inspired and challenged with strategies to consistently reach for new heights. And now, today's message by Reverend Albert Okran. Good evening and God bless you for tuning in to another matriculation of Springboard, your virtual university. Springboard is a multimedia educational and personal development intervention, the biggest and the most consistent of its kind, running since August 2008. Springboard is brought to you by Legacy and Legacy and your superstition Joy 99.7 FM. Well, the, the main theme for Springboard Interventions next year, the roadshow, the virtual university will be leveraging strategy and technology. Leveraging strategy and technology. The idea is to show how a combination of strategy and technology can give an individual, a company, a sporting club, a church, any entity that operates that involves working with people, a significant competitive advantage in life and so we'll be looking at various expressions of this theme leveraging strategy and technology ahead of the full rollout next year we started last week a discussion called smart solutions just to give us a teaser a reason to expect as we build up towards the end of this year so last week our focus was on personal improvement how individuals seek to improve their lives on the personal front today we want to move on to the business angle and explore business strategy and process improvement how do we get things done faster cheaper at a higher quality more conveniently more efficient efficient efficiently than the competition and my guest in the studios for tonight is qualified to talk about this subject because many people go to him for such solutions he's a ceo of trust consult and charles mensa is with me in the studio tonight charles welcome to springboard once again thank you reverend and thanks for having me it's always a blessing a blessing to see you all right so we'll be trying to explore how to make business decisions on how companies try to compete with each other and, and have an advantage. Along the line, we'll be joined by Ernest Boydou, who works with a consulting firm in London and who try and share with us some innovations being deployed across the world and how they are transforming business models and enhancing the client experience. Tonight, if you know anyone in business thinking about the next level, how to have an advantage in their business, ask them to tune into your virtual university right away because some of the discussions will be mind-blowing. Some of the innovations will let you hold your breath and say, wow, how do we compete in an environment where it seems people are raising the bar to unimaginary levels? But let's talk tonight. Charles, let's, t- let's start with business improvement. When you hang out at companies, when they go into strategy sessions, when they spend their weekends or their un- time at their annual retreats, what are the most common objectives that they have in mind? Thank you, Albert, uh, for having me. I mean, Albert, basically, there are two critical things that comes to mind anytime you are in session with companies. You are looking at ways of reducing your cost, and then you're also looking at ways of uh, increasing your sales. These are the two basic things. So when I'm meeting them, every activity is about reducing your cost of operations. Or the activity itself should lead to increasing sales. What it is is that you need to have full control on activities that drive your cost. 
once you have control over activities, then you can look at smart way of cutting back some of these activities. Because it's, eventually, it's activities that drives the cost of, of, of your patient. So companies, every now and then, are looking at new ways of reducing their cost and increasing their sales. You can term it anyhow. You can look at innovation. You can look at strategic section. But it's all about cost reduction and revenue improvement. Right. You know, the last time you, had a, you were in the studio, we had a very interesting debate about... About about the the, the finance the finance man's way of looking at everything versus the marketing man's way of looking at it. So let me throw a question to you, Charles. Yes. Is it possible to increase your cost and increase your profit because the increased cost brought a far higher increase in revenue? What it is that is, look, you are increasing your cost to achieve what? Right. So you have to look at what you are what what you intended to achieve. So if in increasing your cost, let's advertise or whatever it is will lead to increasing sales. Yes, you have a marginal revenue coming through there. So all you need, all I'm trying to put across is that look at activities that drives your company's cost. Right. Now, some activity could be the processes in giving out a check, the processes in writing out an invoice. Now, probably in approving a check, you probably will go through 10, sorry, five, six, seven processes. Each process costs money. Now, if you can reduce that processes to one or two, where as soon as the goods are supplied, the invoices are sent electronically, the accounts department receives the invoice electronically, they go through it. If it's correct, the auditor goes through it, and then you can generate the voucher, and then immediately the money goes into a bank account of the supplier. You don't even write check. Now, if you can work through these processes, you don't write checks, you don't write, you're saving cost. And that's the whole thing about smart solutions. Right. So you're looking at so the, another way of putting it will be will be managing the cost. Managing the cost right. by managing the activities that drives the cost. Right. Sometimes we, we, we tend to look purely on the cost side without looking at activities. Right. So it's the activities that you have to look at new ways of improving upon the activities. Once you have control, that's the word I use, control of the activities, you are a winner. Let right. me give you a typical example of um, and what we have about the, um, what you call it, uh, ECG, for instance. I mean, the, these days, I mean, we queue, the, I mean, before, people, uh, you ha- they had to come, ECG had to come to your premises and read, you know, guys have to come and read the meter, go and generate a bill, send it to you. They move away to a prepaid meters. Now, people are developing a situation where it's just via a text message where you can pay ECG, you generate certain uh, digits, that ticket is transferred by text message into your meter at home. So you can buy credit. So instead of rushing into the um, um, ECG offices or agents across the country, you are buying it through credit. So you have reduced the processes. Now ECG is getting the money. You are also getting the convenience. And that's what I'm referring to that. Right. Controlled activities. You are controlling your cost. And then you have the competitive edge out of that. Right. Let's move it away from the perspective of the of the company to the perspective of the client. Let's start with the example you just gave me. So as a as a user of electricity, in the previous scenario, I could be in management meetings the whole week and end up coming home on Friday night to right. meet my power disconnected. Not because I don't have the money to pay, but because I couldn't get time to go and pay. Exactly. Now what you're saying is that it moved to a situation where instead of three different 
processes before I could get a bill and actually go out there and pay, it became more or less one and a half. And now you are saying even that one and a half is being further improved where in the comfort of my office, I can literally on my phone have an interaction with the firm or their system and my problem will be solved. Is that what you're saying? Exactly. Right. Exactly. So that that speaks to the issue of convenience. Correct. From the perspective of the, the user, the client, the customer, what do we call smart solutions? For, for 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 the client, for instance, the, the, the client would have you know um, the the solution here is that look, let's let let let's, let's have ECG here and you the client. Let's say um, Albert Limited is is here. Now for other Albert Limited, he's getting the convenience. Now the processes that he would have sent somebody else to go to um, ECG to buy the credit, the transport cost is saved. Right. So for Albert, he has reduced the cost in a way. So one is cost savings. Yes, and then the time, time savings, and then you apply that particular individual who would have ordinary work to the ECG to do something else productive. So human resources saved. Correct. Right. Now, in it, when it comes to uh, ECG, they themselves now would have a quicker way of doing things because each time the agents open the shop, they pay the emergency commission. Right. So, by the process of using this particular thing, it becomes a win-win. Correct. 17 minutes past the hour of 7. And if you just tuned in tonight, you're talking about smart solutions. You're trying to look at it from the perspective of the person generating the business and also from the person, the, the perspective of the customer. I know that many of us listening will be very interested in the customer perspective and for very good reason. I have on the line... Ernest Buedu, who works with one of the top four, or they call them the big four consulting firms in London. And we've been speaking for the past month, asking him to serve as our international correspondent, trying to scout the environment and see what, what are the interesting things that are, are happening on, on the world stage, on the business front, that will, will, will liven up this discussion. Ernest, good evening and welcome to Springboard. Good evening, Reverend Albert, and thank you for, for having me on your show. Well, I know you are a listener, but today you get to sit in the seat as, as, as a resource person. So let's start with smart solutions. From your perspective as a consultant, what, what would you call a smart solution? Thank you once again for the opportunity. So from, from my line of work, um, a smart solution is what I personally deem to be innovative capabilities used in solving business issues, or more importantly, advancing business strategies but then underpinning these things um, is what I say that it must be innovative accessible and cheaper so from my perspective a smart solution must encapsulate these key pillars innovative accessible and cheaper let, let me right. let me come to the industries that you you, you typically interface with and, and, and ask you where uh, in which industries in which areas are some of these exciting solutions being applied so um, I've, 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 I've been privileged to sort of um, sit across some of these industries but predominantly we are seeing some of these changes in in the retail industry also in banking and the um, automobile industry. Let me interrogate the, the, the retail example, for instance. What are some of the exciting things that are being done in retail? I mean, I, 
I, I, I shared last week about an experience I had at, at Argos. And I look also at, at the local scene and try and see some of the interesting ideas that people are using. Some time ago, you wouldn't get a typical point of sale experience. You have to buy everything by cash. I mean, we've yeah. moved significantly forward, but I believe that in other jurisdictions, the experience is even more innovative. Share with me some of the yeah. retail innovations that you are looking at. Sure. So, uh, w- one of the amazing things that that is, that is happening on that scene, um, and it's an example I can give about of our Amazon. So, so the firm Amazon, we all know, you just go online, and you have you have a. A, a massive shop online where you can shop, get delivered any day you want. But they are branching into retail, specifically looking at um, food shopping. And they have, they've come up with, with what they call a cashier-free shop. And so what, what they're doing is that it's called the Amazon Go Shop. So when you, when, if you're an Amazon customer and you get into the Amazon shop, all you've got to do is is signing or, 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 or just swipe your card that you have entered the shop. And anything that you buy in the shop, you don't need to go to the payment center to pay. Now that you need a customer assistant. So everything, once you've, once you've completed your shopping, you can just walk out of the shop. And then in the end, anything you have bought will be built to your account. And the question is, how do they know exactly what you have taken? From which part of the shop, and that is that is that is where innovation comes in, and it makes it makes the whole thing very very interesting, and that is something that is live and is, they're trialing it in in the U.S. and very soon, the the standard job where you you, you have a customer assistant serving you won't be available anymore. Let's cross over to the automotive industry and and find out what is happening there as well. But Enes, before you go. So this idea about about robotics and, and, and retail, are you saying that it is already being used or is something that is in the works? It's already been used. It's already been used. So I I know a couple of my colleagues that are on on, on very um secret projects where this should be live by next year. And and if, and most of these retail companies are trying to be the first to, 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 get, to get to market with this. But Amazon is already doing this. And they, they, they have a shop in the U.S. already with, with, this, with this innovative idea on the go. Let's see how it's being used in, in, in automobiles. Correct. So within, within, within automobiles, we all know the, the, one of the largest um, automobile um, companies called GE, General Electric. They have a, a 3D printing that makes parts for its new engine. So as a result of this innovative um, invention, uh, they have 19 parts now that have been printed out of this 3D printing. And, so, and are these the, parts... If, I mean, I, I have been in printing before in my, in my, in my, in my previous business uh, ventures. Let me find out. So what, what you are generating... What you say they are generating with 3D printing, are these, are these strong parts? Are these parts able to withstand the, the, the robust nature of the industry? Yes. These, these, these parts, they claim, are five times stronger. And so for any part to, to pass the test in being able to use in, in engines, you, you, we, we must agree that um, 
is is, is a serious business. And, and what's, what's the financial side of some of these investments? Because they sound like things that would involve, I mean, if a company in Ghana wanted to go into something like this, <laughs> what, what kind of numbers are involved in some of these, these innovations that you talk about that sound so attractive to a business? What was the financial side of it? Hmm. So for, for TE, they, they're looking at uh, an investment of about 3.5 billion US dollars by 2020. And that's a lot of money. I have a I have a I have a chartered accountant and a financial consultant in the studio. So as you mentioned the figure, I saw a smile on his face because when we come back, we'll be talking about the the financial viability of of these innovations. But but Ernest, let me before I let you go, we'll be coming back to you from time to time to find out what's new and what's the latest in the system. But you sent me a video the last time that made me rethink whether I will still be in this seat next year when we celebrate our tenth tenth year of <laughs> 10th year of the virtual university, you sent me a video of a robot that was interviewing a human being. The, I think it was an IBM Watson robot. Correct. It's not that crazy. I mean, if the, the robots take over our, our studio, there will be no job for me to do. Talk to me about that one. Yes, even, even, even with that, uh, Reverend Albert, one thing that is very interesting is that one of the accounting firms called Deloitte um, last year also did a survey and brought an article and, and talked about the top 20 jobs that will be out of play very soon due to automation and 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 journalism was part so using artificial intelligence and that is what this robot is 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 doing so this 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 robot has the capability to reason like a human being unlike unlike the standard robotics where it is very structured um you you place a logic in so to tell the robot what to do so if 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 it's one plus one, do you know the answer is two? But with artificial intelligence, what this robot is doing is actually analyzing unstructured data and being able to reason like a human being. And and what IBM Watson is doing is that they're placing these robots in hospitals to help doctors with with diagnosis because the robot could give you an answer in a minute, whereas the doctor would have to then go on Google, open certain books to try to get an answer, which is mind-blowing. I tell you what, the, the, the last time this discussion about professional disruption came up, one of, the, one of the, the industries that was deemed to be at risk was law, and it did not make sense to me at all. But come to think of it, it just tells you the kind of world we should be looking at in the very near future. I tell you what, Ernest, we'll be holding another show in the same series called Professional Disruptions, and we'll bring you back to tell to share with us some of the research findings um, that you mentioned that Deloitte had done on the top 20 jobs that will be at risk as a result of AI. So let's do this again next time, Ernest. Thank you, Reverend Albert. Right. Thank you. God bless you. Thank you. All right, this is Springboard of Virtual University, and this is just a little glimpse into what this series is going to be doing as we go forward. Charles, your reaction? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, basically, I mean, the, the areas that he mentioned are, are pretty critical. And, and uh, if you look at it um, from the perspective of the Amazon and the shops, I can see that they are taking over the what we call in England uh, corner shops. Right. Because basically, you had a corner shop that you could go there and pick your items, where you have two or three persons there to serve you. Now, from what he just described, you walk in there because you have an account with Amazon. You pick your stuff, 
and then you, you know you are billed and then you pay for it so it's, it's very convenient for you and then you can go to a shop and because of smartness of of the whole system i'm sure the shop itself would have been programmed to know that what was picked at what price and what whether they need to even replenish the stock in in, in there so itself is very good but is it the cost outlay for that particular activity that he mentioned i mean he was talking about three point something billion maybe they would have done some calculations that okay if you save uh, staff cost of two persons working in the shop over a period of time you can you know use it to pay this particular so if you multiply the number of uh, shops or the number of activities that are coming in there you can fairly borrow the 3.5 and over five or to three years or sorry three to five years you can pay back and that's what people are doing and thinking if i look at uh, in our part of of the world I mean, if, if you get to the airport, for instance, you notice that when you, the arrivals, there's a long queue. Everyone is rushing to have the passport stamped. I mean, out there, you have people also doing the iris, where they don't need to join the queue because they get to where the, uh, the camera is, and then they take their glasses off if they wear one, and they straight, they look into it, and then immediately they are recognized, and then the door or the gate is open for them to leave. Because they've done some calculations that once your iris, once it passes through, it has a database, it's matching, and the same database is the one for your passport details and everything. So it worked, it moved. Why did it do that? It's just to reduce the amount of time that people waste at the place, so it's convenient to the customer, and it's also a cost-efficient, uh, cost because you won't have an immigration officer sitting there to stamp, to ask questions, to stamp, ask questions. And that's the kind of thing that we ought to be looking at as a country or as an institution. Right. So let me go to the issue of the word smart. I mean, my smartphone knows my some of the most frequently used words I use when I'm, re- I'm writing a message on WhatsApp or, or, or Facebook or whatever. So it literally prompts me, even when I leave the phone, even before I type anything, those words are available because it has pre- is able to predict my line of thought as a result of having data, having observed me. My phone does it. So we're talking about smart solutions. Why do we keep filling the same form over and over and over at the same place? There are African countries that you go there once and they scan your passport once and they know you once. You come to that country the next time. You don't need to fill anything. Once you this 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 scan your passport, it will tell them everything they need to know because it is in their database. What prevents us from using smart solutions that are able to tell that, for instance, this person has been in this shop before. They bought size forty. The the person is a male. They tend to like black suits. So when you come or when the thing is even showing you options, it tends to take you towards a darker suit because you happen to be a fair person and you like dark suits. I mean, how are, why are we not using information that is available to make us more ready to provide solutions? I think, I think uh, Reverend, I think we are getting there. Um, um, one would say we, we probably have to leapfrog to, 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 because um, these things are, are not new. They are out there. Um, for us, for instance, a country. I mean, the first thing that I, I would love to see it happening is the national, you know, identification card. Once you have the national ID database as a country, you can have, you know, um, 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 education, the Ministry of Education, all the forms that we we, we, we fill at the port, the 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 SNET returns. 
all the forms that we fill, police station, all the forms that we fill. Because once we have the national uh, ID, and each one will be given a national ID number, once you punch in the number, automatically it puts all your uh, names, uh, date of birth, and every other thing. Now, in, in it, you can then have companies, secondary companies, who then will build on that. So, if you go to SNIT to register, for instance, you don't need to fill all those details. So, SNIT then would have saved costs because all they have to do is to validate it. They ask you, all they need to ask you as a contributor is that, what is your national ID number? Immediately they punch it in, it brings all the initial data, so SNIT doesn't have to give you a forms. So is police station. So is the, the education system. So you don't need to complete all these forms. Now, once we are not completing these forms, we are saving cost. And I keep on emphasizing those things because once you are not printing, you are not getting somebody to take the initial data because somebody else has captured it. You are only extracting out of that and building upon that. So you are saving costs. So we can have a situation where link it to uh, immigration, for instance. All this database as one will be there and everybody can plug in. That is where we need to have that as a country. And that is a commitment that I think totality, everybody, we, should, we ought to sign on to this particular national ID because it's the way around. Look, if you go to a bank, for instance, the bank gives you a form to fill. What do you fill? Your name, your detail, where you work. Once you have your national ID and you plugged in, the bank, all it needs from you is just your national ID number. Once it punches in, it puts everything about you. And we can interlink it. When we, when we interlink it with your details, at the point that you can walk into a restaurant and just by your keying of your number, they can tell you what you've been eating. Yeah, vegeta- vegetarian. <laughs> vegetarian, because the, the, the database is there and it's linked. And that's where we should, we, we, we should be pushing ourselves towards. 27 minutes to the hour of 8 o'clock. This is, a, this is a smart solutions program. And we are looking particularly at business. And we are trying to bring this within the context of, of the competitive business nature or environment that we find ourselves operating. You want to be competitive. You want to outwit your, your competitor. You want to have an advantage in the mind of the client or the customer. And how do you do all this with the help of smart solutions, understanding customer behavior. I have a very interesting one sent to me by Jerry Ajololo, who tries to tell me about, who's telling me about, about Target in the U.S. And it's from a website called Did You Know, a blog called Did You Know. It says, Target knows when you are pregnant. There is a guest ID number tied to your credit card that tracks what you buy. So if you start buying vitamin supplements, unscented lotions, and other things that <laughs> pregnant people like buying... <laughs> The shop knows, and that is how an angry man in Minneapolis who went to a local Target shop to yell at the manager for sending maternity coupons to his teenage daughter found out that he was about to become a grandpa. All right, so that's what smart solutions will do. Reveal to you that you are becoming a grandpa when you yourself don't even know. All right, tell me, what is the smartest solution you have encountered, either in business, in a hospital, in a school, Tell me, when I come back from this break, I'm going to open the phone lines early. Tell me, what is the smartest, smartest solution you have encountered? What is the most innovative thing you have, you have come across in all our going out and our coming in? What is the most interesting, exciting innovation you have encountered? And, 
And as we discuss where we are going next with business process improvement, and you share your most exciting innovation, we would all tell ourselves what's next for us. We will still be in business as a result, or rather still, we will be enjoying a better life as a result. Let me go and bring you this latest song by Koda. And then when I come back, let's see how we can explore what is your most, Charles, what is the most exciting innovation that you have enjoyed? It, it, it is the check payment system that has been stopped. Now we are doing electronic transfer across board with the Bank of Ghana platform. So these days, all my clients, for instance, I get paid electronically. They don't write checks. I don't write checks either. And that's one of the key things that I think over the last um, 12 months I had, had really, really enjoyed. Right. So, talking about checks in other jurisdictions, really, somebody can give you a check, all right, but you don't need to, you don't need to move. You sit in the comfort of your home and scan the check with your phone and send it to the bank. And that's and so, it, so it, deal. But now you see, you get a check, you get a check, a paper, cost, right. environment. So, now it's electronic. Right. So, you supply, you give your bank details. Right. Once they're satisfied, they transfer the money to you and you get automatic. Right. Automatic notification. Secondly, so key government sector now. I mean, I'm talking about control and accountant general. One thing I've also seen there, which is very, very interesting, is that they are not printing pay slips that they used to. Paper. Gone. You know why? Because now, immediately after they run the payroll for everybody, they transfer it into the e-slip platform. So, and all you have to do as an employee of government, you key in your staff number, and they can print your pay slip. And that's the key point. So, you may print or not even print. And that one, you are saving costs. So that's, that's, that's one of the key things that, personally, I'm enjoying. Because some of the banks also are now... Nobody's printing pay slips like we used to. Right. When I come back, you will find out that smart solutions are being deployed in churches. They are being deployed right. in, 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 in cinema halls. They are being deployed in football stadiums, in political parties, in business ventures. Let's talk. Call into the show and tell us what is the smartest solution that you have enjoyed in the in, in, in the past year. The number two, you'll be calling 030-221-6541. We, we are discussing tonight business process improvement. Is it a must or is it an option? Let me bring you the song um, Made Away by Coda. It's making so much waves in the past week or so. Made Away, Coda's version of Made Away featuring Irama. And I will play the song for you. And when I come back, let's talk about the smartest solution that you have benefited from or encountered. Please don't go away.
irresistible song by Kuda, and the song is Made Away. Come on. You know, there's something about music, Charles. It's just, it's just unstoppable. What kind of music do you like, Charles? Reggae, yes, because consciousness, right? Yes, so you get inspired by reggae music, correct? Right, so I'll give you next time you come, I'll give you gospel reggae. <laughs> That'll be nice. <laughs> All right, I dedicate this song, of course, to who, who else but uh, Priscilla Naduque Mingo. Priscilla, this song is for you. You you made the wise decision to marry the man called Matthew. So, Priscilla Naduque Mingo, I'm dedicating this song to you. You are marrying Matthew. The, the most faithful man you can find in this whole world. Matthew, he's, he's, a, he's a hard guy. Matthew, Charles, Matthew, Matthew, the Matthew you are seeing next hey. to you behind the camera. Boss. Matthew is getting married on Friday. Please, my card, I'm coming. <laughs> <laughs> Matthew and Priscilla are getting married on Friday oh, at 11 at Christ Temple. And I get to be the officiating minister. And I'm going to tell Amen. the whole audience everything about Matthew for the past 10 years. It's happening at Christ Temple. And Matthew, fantastic, fantastic, faithful young man. He's the, the, he, the epitome of faithfulness. A man I truly and deeply respect. Priscilla and Matthew, may the Lord be with you. And may your marriage be as great as the God that you have chosen to serve. So on Facebook, Eric Abenogu says, lovely music. Porsche, Tonu says, I'm loving your moves, Reverend. Okay, are you watching on Facebook? You are, you are seeing my dance. Okay. So, Patrick Inketia says, um, I heard of the cashless payment where chips are inserted into people's skins and it's already being piloted at train stations. The last time I was in London, really, you didn't even need to buy an Oyster card. No. Your credit, credit card, card yeah. you just you tap it, sh- and tap it yeah. just show it to the system, and then you board the bus or the train for free. Not for free, but I mean, it's just deducted at source. Amazing. Um, Isaac Mreku says, uh, I salute you. And then Patrick Ajay in Ketia says, or was it Patrick? All right, somebody else says, I like your message, snakes and ladders that you preached. All right, talking about message, listen, if you like anything that we have shared on any of these platforms, either the Springboard Zone right here um, or, or right here on the Virtual University, the good news is that we have a podcast. It's one of the smart solutions we have deployed um, in the past month. We have a podcast service called the Springboard Zone. Just go to your podcast service, either on your iPhone. It's already on the dashboard. Just click on the podcast and then go to the search and type Springboard Zone. You will see the picture of Comfort and I. That's it. Just just subscribe. And there are already over 40 messages loaded for free. When you are driving to work, when you are relaxing and working and you want to, you want to be inspired, these are 40 messages. We are currently serializing an audio book on personal branding and reputational equity. It will change your life. Also, you will find messages like snakes and ladders, bitten but not poisoned, rising like the eagle, and of course, the big one, from strength to strength. All these are available on the podcast service. If you are on Android service, just click on click on um, the, go to the Play Store and look for Podcast Addict. When you get in there, 
just search for Springboard Zone and you will find the icon with comfort and I. Just subscribe and enjoy it. And every day a new message is added that you can enjoy. The number to call in 030-221-6541. What is the most interesting innovation or smart solution that you have benefited from? Was it at a, a train station? Was it at an airport? Was it at um, um, a football pitch, a football game? Or where did you find the most interesting smart solution that you have enjoyed? Call into the show and let's talk. Now, while I wait for those calls, Charles, what is the... Um, let's talk about the cost benefit and the timeline that it takes for these innovations to become profitable. Ultimately, the business wants to make profit because if you juxtapose your, your cost management and your revenue increase, ultimately, profit is the end we all are looking for. Correct. Right. So... Is it possible for the innovation to be popular but unprofitable? It may in the end, but you see, sometimes you don't look at it just the cost. But the 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 idea where you have reduced employee because if you're going to measure profit, it comes with time. So you may measure profitability by this year, it will probably be a loss. Next year, loss. But maybe next two years, next three years, four years, you have a huge profit because of the way you've changed things. Because the employees themselves are very comfortable, because now they work six hours instead of twelve hours, and therefore they are applying themselves effectively at work. So, so it may bring profit in the third year, but first year no, second year maybe, third year it will bring. But you see, the critical point is that the ideas that you want to implement, I don't think it should come from anywhere. It ought to come from the company itself, the institution itself, the organization itself. So you should have a system in your organization where you are empowering people to bring ideas, where you are, you, are, you are really strengthening them, making sure that you have more people bringing ideas so that you can push the bounces. Bounces here, I'm referring to those who say, oh, we can't do it in this particular company. Sometimes there are a lot of ideas of ways of doing things that can be implemented in organizations, but you still have few people who say, oh, we can't do it. We can't do it. So we need to have an environment where I empowering people. New ideas are coming to reduce the process time. The whole idea is about reducing the process time right. and then find an effective way of doing things. That's, what, that's the whole idea. Right. And therefore, we should empower the, the, the employees that we work with to make sure that they should have bounces. <laughs> they are not there. Right. The last critical point on that aspect, uh, Reverend, is that if I'm doing evaluation of their performance... There should be a line there that which smart idea or smart solution were you able to implement this year or you brought to the company or introduce. Right. It can be both ways. Someone can introduce it, but execution will be a problem. Right. Because, you know... Or or, or the the owner of that execution could be another another department. Correct. Right. So if it's the person, so you either would have introduced it or you have executed it. Or championed it. Or championed it. Fantastic. So we need to have that in our, in, in, in our performance. Evaluation. For the benefit of somebody who says, I don't, I'm not an idea person. I'm not good at ideation. It's not something that comes to me naturally. I can tell you one very useful source of ideas, and that is customer complaints, customer feedback. If you are patient and humble enough to listen to customer feedback, it will give you some of the best potential sources of innovation. Charles, let's talk about customer feedback. You see, this customer feedback, I'll bring an example. Sometimes food, restaurants, you go there and you expect, especially the fast food joint, you expect your food to be on time because you don't have time. That's why you are doing the fast food. 
But would you rather go to a restaurant where the speed is there, but the food come in and is undercooked? Basically, you know, it, it's not proper. Once you get that, speed in itself, it's good. But then that particular speed ought to have a direction. Right. So anytime speed has a direction, I call it efficient or efficiency. If it doesn't have a direction, then we, don't, we have a liability. So in companies that we are pushing, because we are looking at innovations and things, we are pushing that, look, this innovation that we are bringing in, we ought to bring about speed of delivery. Speed of delivery ought to be clearly defined. Delivery here means that the customer is satisfied fully, totally. Because you don't want a situation that you serve the customer within 15 minutes because you are using technology. And then he goes and then he's having a problem at home. That in itself is not the delivery that we want. We want the delivery that a particular customer will be satisfied. And then he talks about it that, look, I was served within 15 minutes and I got exactly what I want. Than to say I was served within 10 minutes, but immediately I fixed the thing, it broke down. Right. Now, and that's the point that the customer feedback. Because you see, when the customer comes back and refers to you or referred the complaint that, look, the product I bought, the food I bought, I had a problem with it, and this are the problem. You can then go back and say, okay, maybe the speed that we 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 used in delivering the service was too much, was too much pressure. So that particular thing maybe requires a minimum of fifteen minutes. So we don't have to tell customers that it's ten minutes because the whole ten guys are telling us a minimum is fifteen minutes. And so the feedback will just allow you to work on that. Right. Um, just just to give you another perspective on this issue. So Domino's Pizza says, if we tell you that from the phone call to the pizza at your house is 15 minutes and the thing arrives in 16 minutes, don't pay. That is a customer promise that they are holding themselves to, that we have a shop near enough to your house and we are ready to hold ourselves accountable to a certain number of minutes. I suspect that the counterbalance to this argument about undercooking and everything is to do also intelligent, artificial, to do some intelligent, some smart analysis and see these are the flavors, these are the types of food that people order frequently. So we will prepare them halfway. Correct. So that when the call comes, we just do the finishing that will take probably Correct. about five minutes Correct. and we are there. Correct. And that requires a lot of effort, a lot of intelligence and a lot of application. And that is the next level that will ensure that we can still deliver fast but fully cooked. It is eight minutes to the hour of eight o'clock, and my guest in the studio, Charles Mensah, we are doing part two of Smart Solutions. As we begin to settle on this subject, we will look at we will look at church, we would look at cinema, we would look at social media, we would look at at banking, we would look at every single facet of our lives and see it can be done better. If you have time and you have patience, by the time we are through with this series, you will find out several ways in which you can enjoy an easier, faster, smoother, less expensive, more fulfilling and more convenient life. And that is the ultimate objective of this entire series. Charles, must innovation always lead to job losses? It would be, um, I wouldn't say job losses, but it would be re- reassignment, redefinition of the roles. Positions will not be, won't have positions again. Because once innovation comes in, maybe we used to have a chief executive. Maybe now we'll be chief enabler. Because, t- 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 because you know, the, 
And they change your if you are a CEO, just change your post ahead of time so that when the new one comes, you are there already. <laughs> Correct. I mean, the, 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 the point is that, yes, when the innovation comes into play and we're dealing with things, volumes will in the end go up, new roles will come in. Because I've seen places where when it introduced the innovation, it led to the cut of the frontline staff. But then the back office increased because they were receiving more volumes to the extent that the back office increment led also to a point where they had sold certain portion to a tech company. So sometimes when you introduce the innovation, it would lead to improvement, not the totality of the organization, but an aspect of the organizations. And then once you are doing the queuing theory, because you see, you clear, you create a traffic at the other side. You clear, you create traffic. So roles will be reassigned, and that's the critical point. So because of innovation will lead to job losses, sometimes people kick against it. But my, look, don't kick against it. Allow it, but prepare yourself to play the new assigned role that you'll be given. And that, you do. That, that new assigned role will be one of the things we'll be discussing under professional disruptions. Correct. We will show you how to ensure that you will not panic at all. Because if what you do is routine, it's mundane, a machine can do it. But when you move into the analyticals, then you are moving to the next level. And then when you make yourself even more versatile and more functional, you will find that beyond some point, no machine can take your job. That machine is the next generation. It hasn't come yet. <laughs> so well, this discussion will branch into very serious angles. But by the time we are through, you will be a better person. I'm going to come back to you, Charles, to give us your closing thoughts on business improvement. Is it a choice or is this a necessity? Let me come to the next program. It's a walk with Jesus. And my, my brother, Pastor Twaka, will be interviewing Reverend Oscar Sripi and Pastor Mrs. Erika Henry, Henry Obike um, about the consequences of in engaging in extra marital affairs. They will talk about the consequences. They will not talk about the enablers. The consequences. So um, stay in um, and you will listen to that one. Right, so Albert K. Oting writing from Tadi says, Ah, I'm late for class. Albert, there's no problem, just go <laughs> go back to, to Facebook and you can watch this entire program uh, once again on Facebook. The address facebook.com forward slash Albert NE Okran or facebook.com forward slash comfort Okran A. Just go and watch the whole program and enjoy it. Charles, your closing thoughts is yeah. business process improvement a choice or it is a necessity thank you thank you and thank you again it is a necessity if you look at it as a choice you'll be opted out the reason is it is a necessity you need it it has to be part and parcel of us if you sit down and say okay it's an option I can exercise it two days down the line or one week down the line you'll be opted out so don't look at it as an option look at it as a necessity to improve your bottom line to reduce your cost to increase the revenue and therefore you always have to look at ways of new innovation that will reduce your cost that's a critical point or improve the other side because in the end it will lead to increase in profit you get more salary and everybody will be happy so don't look at it as an option you'll be opted out if you look at it as an option i'll tell you what every board must have three different kinds of people. You must have the Bob Henson last week who just talks about the customer experience and, and, and the customer being very happy. 
And then you need to have also the Eric Nsaka who talks about the engineering of the process to ensure that the front office and the back office are aligned. And then very importantly, you will need to have the Charles Minister who says, with everything you are doing, make sure the bottom line is there, <laughs> that the profit is not touched and the cost is managed. Once you have that one, there will be balance within your company. It's three minutes to the hour of eight o'clock. This is just the beginning of a discussion that we intend to run for quite a while, looking at improvement smart solutions and ultimately looking at how to leverage strategy and leverage technology very soon we'll, be, we'll begin to bring in the, the technology people but want to lay a foundation about the quest for improvement so that is how this discussion will be going let's see you on friday at, at matthew and priceless wedding that one i'm inviting you not the two of them i'm inviting you to be my guest at ICGC at 11 o'clock. Until then, and until we come away again next week with our series on business process improvement, personal process improvement under the umbrella of Smart Solutions. My name is Albert Okran. On behalf of Amos, Matthew, Priscilla, Inshira, and the Registrar Comfort, my name is Albert. God bless you. God bless you, and God bless you. Good night. Thank you for listening to Springboard Zone. An inspirational podcast by Albert and Comfort Okran. Like our Facebook and Twitter pages at Albert N. E. Okran and Comfort Okran A for free resources and information about our itinerary, conferences, and media broadcast. For speaking appointments, email albert.okran at icloud.com or SMS or WhatsApp us on plus 233 you may also subscribe to www.albertokran.com, amazon.com, or your favorite online bookstore for copies of our inspirational books and audiovisual materials. Until we come your way again, always remember you are blessed indeed. No more searching. The light has come.